0: Hi
1: everyone, I'm Tina and
0: I'm Serena and we are the Mental Health Mamas.
1: Welcome to No Need to Explain. We are so glad you're here.
0: First, as always, a quick
1: disclaimer. We come to you not as mental health professionals or experts in the field, but rather as parents with lived experience who are on a mission to normalize the conversation around mental health.
0: If you or someone you love is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek professional support. You'll find a variety of resources in our show notes and on our website, no need to explain
1: Today, we've invited a guest to join us to talk about a word that we do not often associate with adults. Uh, And that word is play. It's a word that I... Totally think about kids when I think of play, right,
0: Serena? Yeah, I I would totally agree with that. Um, so my kids are much younger than yours, and I would say we still have a lot of play happening in our house. My eight year old will often ask us to play a game with her, and you know that could be like a traditional board game or like you know really like play twenty questions or, or whatever's on her mind, an imaginary game. But I I guess I don't think about play a lot as an activity separate from her.
1: Dr. Kate Raines-Goldie is joining us today to talk about this very thing. Kate is a multi-award-winning play-based strategist. She's a keynote speaker and creator of SuperConnect, a proven play-based path to connection, clarity, and creativity. It's built on Lego serious play. She is a world-renowned researcher and thought leader in innovation, play, and, and the future. Kate, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have our conversation with you. So I'm going to start with a quote from your website. You write, in this age of uncertainty, disconnection, and constant change, curiosity and play become your new superpowers. Tell us about this.
2: So I think curiosity is kind of like, you know, because as you mentioned, we we still think play is for kids. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's a bad word. Um, But grownups need it just as much as kids. And I find if you're kind of feeling like that, which sometimes we are, but um, I think after COVID, whatever times you're in post-COVID, whatever time we're in, um, this new time, play is stopping. It's it's starting to not become a bad word, but we Mm -hmm. still need kind of an entry point, especially if we're thinking about it for serious uses. So I like to think of plays like radical curiosity.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so curiosity is a way for us to – do all of these magical things and get into the play space um, without it seeming like it's a waste of time. And it's really a way to ask better questions, connect with each other, and to really kind of do the things that we need to do when there's some massive uncertainty. It helps us to be more resilient.
1: Hmm. I love this idea and uh, kind of gives you some freedom and awesome. But I imagine there's some research that backs... <laughs> backs all this play up for adults, right? Um, share some of that research and what it indicates.
2: Yeah. So there, there's a lot of research. It's again, largely with kids, but um, there is, is a, grow, a growing body of research looking at, at grownups as well. Looking at, from a neuroscience perspective, there's actually a really great uh, Huberman lab podcast February of last year. So about a year ago, that's basically looking at the science and the power of play Um, from in terms of what happens in the brain and explaining why it does all of these great things for us, especially around um, engaging neuroplasticity and um, helping us to be open to more potentials and more possibilities. And that is really, really kind of explains if you play like why you have that ability to almost be more brave and more bold and do things that you might feel nervous doing otherwise. Mm. So thinking about an actual example of that, of how that actually works is uh, when I do my keynotes, I have a video, a little video that I show of a workshop that I ran a few years ago at uh, Deakin University in Melbourne um, here in Australia. And it's a bunch of academics holding hands and spinning around and laughing and pretending to be a helicopter in the (laughs) courtyard in front of all of the students and their colleagues and the reason I love this video and the reason I show it is that if I'd said to them, you need to go outside and hold hands and pretend to be a helicopter, they wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. But it's because it was part of a game that they were willing to do that. And so it's part of what I call the magic circle, which is that you enter into the magic circle and you're able to do things and you, you're, you're wanting to do things that maybe are difficult or maybe scary or maybe awkward. Um, they open up that new potential and allow us to do things especially in like it, difficult times to do things that are challenging so there's there's a lot of research around that as well in terms of looking at the importance of play when you're growing up there's a lot of research looking at play deficit in kids who grew up not having enough play there's a mm-hmm. um, a correlation strong correlation between becoming a violent criminal like it's not you know not going to 100% happen for sure but there's a strong correlation and then looking at, at grownups, there's another um, really great researcher, uh, Gordon Newfeld in Canada, who's worked, done a lot of work with Gabor Maté and wrote a book with him, but basically looking at how play is like a way for us to, um, to process and feel our emotions. It's the only form of activated rest that we have. And so he talks about how we need to, it's almost like you need, if you think meditation and, and exercise or something, you need to have regularly in your wake. He also thinks about play like that. And so I spoke to him during COVID and the way that him and his wife stayed connected and um, stayed, um, you know, as healthy as you could be in lockdown was to, to make sure that they were playing together and in adults that looks like things like painting or making music or um, things that I like to do are free playing with Lego or um, bouldering and rock climbing, which I can talk more about, but um, it's just making sure that that play is, is part of everyday life. And I think that correlation between what happens if you don't have it as a kid is really speaks to how important it is for everybody to have because it's just such an important part of being human.
0: Hmm. Well, and it's really interesting too, coming out of COVID. Um, I, I mean, you know, again, like you <laughs> said, whatever our new normal is right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the idea that that kids didn't have those interactions. And again, I'm thinking of my youngest, my eight year old who, uh, you know, we went into lockdown when she was halfway through kindergarten. And, you know, she missed so much with with classmates. And I, I understand they're seeing it in the schools right now in terms of behavioral issues. And, um, and that's a whole other topic. But <laughs> yeah. it's <was> just interesting <laughs> yeah. to to think yeah. about that. Yeah, and so I, you know, Tina and I also really embrace the idea of curiosity, and we found that when we stay in that curious place, it, you know, we stay out of judgment of others. Um, mm. And so, I'm curious about the connection between play and mental health. So, why why is play critical to our mental health as adults? Yeah, and I think that that research is like a
2: really nice kind of gateway to talk about that because it's it kind of tells you why. And how it works. And it's really about helping us to do the things that I think are important for resilience and, and being being happy. And it's around helping us to be connected with each other. It's around helping us to be connected to ourselves. It's around being more resilient. And so there's all of these uses of play that help with those things. And so I think about my work and what I'm able to do um, using Lego bricks is help people to feel connected to each other and get insight into what's going on for them, because what you're doing is you're not building cars and buildings, you're building metaphor and story. So it's, mm. you know, if you think of Lego, we kind of have ideas about it, but this is actually surprisingly powerful tool for um, doing all these things that I think are really important to being a happy, healthy human and um, doing it in a way that, you know, if, if we're struggling with mental health can be almost like a way of bringing lightness to it. Mm -hmm. so I think about my own experience again and you know backed up by research now but I kind of didn't you know I was doing it and then going well why is this happening and then finding that the research was supporting it but things like I used to actually get panic attacks when I would do Mm -hmm. public speaking and now that's Mm -hmm. like part of my my career my work Mm -hmm. and so I, I would challenge myself to go okay well what do I need to do to to not do that and to not, you know, to to be confident. And I asked one of my friends who was really good at public speaking and what he had done was he'd he'd gone to a high school where it was, there was a lot of improv and performing arts and theater. Mm -hmm. And he said that improv is a really great way to help you to feel confident Mm -hmm. and improv is really playing. Mm -hmm. And so I took an improv class and because you're almost in this, this, this the, the magic circle, right? You're up on stage, mm-hmm. you're playing in front of other people and you're feeling in the most epic way possible. Um, and it's okay because you're playing, playing the game of improv. But what I found is that it was like this container for me to have the worst situation in front of other people and go, well, it's actually okay. Mm-hmm. So help me to get over that fear. And it helped me to really be a lot more confident, Because I know I could do it when I was actually doing it, not in a play space. And so even just using play as a way to, to challenge ourselves to do things that are difficult and to maybe take the edge off something that really is really emotionally charged. Um, as another way that I think is really important for supporting mental health.
0: yeah, mm. and so you've already answered this a little bit, but uh, you know, I think we all tend to gravitate towards things in our lives that are meaningful to us and that often includes the work that we do, whether that's paid work or or not. But um clearly, this is this is your path now. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so was it your your mental health that sort of led you towards play as your work? Yeah.
2: And it, it sort of was indirect. I think it was a, a journey. I think my whole, I look back and, and think back of my, my life being very, I think everybody's life is a journey, but it wasn't like I woke up and it was like, I'm going to become a, a play-based facilitator or a strategist or a game designer. Um, it was sort of me finding ways to support my own mental health and without even realizing I was doing that as well. But um, when I was, uh when I, when I was doing my PhD on Facebook and this was when Facebook was actually cool. So that was a long time ago. Facebook (laughs) was cool. (laughs) It's funny now, but um, this is like 2007, 2008 and um, I was looking at privacy issues and it was really seeing a lot of what actually did come come to bear and and being very concerned about it. And no, no one else really seemed to be concerned about it even with like within academia, but outside of academia, people are just like, oh, I don't really care about my privacy. It's not a big, not a big deal. Mm. So it's just seeing this heavy stuff and you know, being an academic is very serious. And and I started to become very serious. And an outlet for me was actually uh, getting involved in what were called alternate reality games or pervasive games. They're still kind of a thing. They never really became a massive thing, but mm-hmm. um, they're games that are played in the physical world. Mm-hmm. So not video games, but Pokemon Go is kind of an example where you're overlaying a game world or a digital world onto the physical world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was really interested in, in that and, and playing those games and seeing how they're a way to connect people and to bring joy and experience joy. And I kind of started doing that as a hobby, as a kind of mental health thing. And then I kind of had there's a moment in my career when I had this choice to either stay as a serious academic or go and make these games full-time and support other people making games. And, um, the rest is kind of history.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> academic, guess I picked. <laughs> academic job or play. Yeah. So let's shift to super connect. Um, we've talked to you a little bit about it, but I want you to tell our listeners, like, I love this. You keep saying magic circle, and I just feel all <laughs> warm and fuzzy when I hear that. So, yes. I I want to hear some practical, like, how do you use use the method with organizations and individuals? What does it look like, like practically?
2: Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, so, yeah, the first thing uh, is is that getting people to just um, understand that it, we're using a tool that everybody's familiar with, right? Everybody's had some kind of experience with Lego, either mm-hmm. growing up or their kids or their friends' kids. Um, and so it's it's a, it's an easy, ent- easy entry point into doing some very serious work with that. But the first thing to say is that don't think about building cars and buildings and literal things. You're building metaphor and story. And that's really mm-hmm. the, the core of it, is asking really good questions, like intentional questions that are crafted Um, And then answering those questions with the Lego. So questions might be like the initiation question when I first go into a workshop. Um, So if you were doing a workshop with me or an experience with me, the first thing I would get you to do would be, you have a specially curated set of Lego bricks in front of you that are all about metaphor and story. And there's lots of animals and doors and little people and things that are really conducive to, yeah, to, to, to telling a story. And I'd say to you, now I want you to build a tower with you in it that says something about you. Hmm. And the point of that is like, that's just the kind of warm up the initiation into this way of using Lego. But even that question is incredibly powerful. Um, and the point of that is to, you're getting people, the other prompts I give would be, you know, don't think with your, your brain. If you're sitting there like collecting bricks, you're going to put it together Just start thinking with your hands, thinking with your body and putting the pieces together. And there's a time limit because a lot of the time we're overthinking, we're trying to be Mm. perfect. And the Mm. time limit isn't there to stress you out, but it's to just go, okay, what's the, you know, I'm just going to start putting things together and not overthink. I'm just going to think with my hands. And then whatever you build is exactly the right thing. And then the next Mm. thing we do is that we go around and share what we've built with each other. And often people will realize and get clarity in what it is that they've built Uh, by sharing with other people. So there's Mm -hmm. this real beautiful kind of people feel connected to each other and they get insight and they're sharing a bit more vulnerably than they normally would, but they're also getting insight into themselves and and realizing, oh, this is maybe what's going on for me or this is um, some insight I need to have. And just from that one question, I've had so many people have some uh, revelation about something they need to shift in their lives or something that they need to pay attention to that week. And after a session, people will say, they'll be really happy. Even if we're exploring some heavy, serious stuff, they'll say things like, I feel like I've had therapy. Mm. And the way that this all works is that it's a series of of questions um, where you respond with Lego. There's different ways that you can do it. There's um, the tower one is what's called an individual build. So build a tower with you in it. that says something about you. That's you do that individually. There's um, builds where you might create individual models like that, and then put them together with with other people's models. Um, there's there's all sorts of different uses of it, but that's kind of the core of it is is the building um, building your your answer to a curious question, and the questions that you ask are are probably even more important than the Lego. That's kind of the serious the, mm. the secret of it.
0: Hmm. So for those of us who don't think about play very often or or maybe not at all, and I feel a little bit like, um, you know, we, we could substitute the word self-care here. It's um, mm-hmm. something that we talk about a lot. And when, when we reference self-care, we're not talking about, you know... Uh, uh, and it, yeah, spa. Minerals, yeah exactly yeah, I, no. it could be that but often it could be yeah mm-hmm. it's something um more that you're doing just for yourself but anyway like, we're going to stick with the word play so uh how can we do a better job of incorporating it into our lives
2: yeah and i think that i love that idea of this is self-care because i think that also like really um jumps off what gordon Newfeld's saying about you need to have play in your life is, mm-hmm. is a way to to um feel connected to yourself and 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 keep stay happy so it is definitely a form of self-care. Um and there's a number of things that you can do. Having um so when I talk about free play Lego is is basically you know a lot of times when you get a Lego set you build the instructions you build what's there. And that's great. But you can also just take it apart which is very freeing and use it to just build things that you, that are with no goal, with no expectation, you're not trying to finish the instruction. So free play Lego, or could just be building your feelings with it, but not, um, you know, not trying to build the, this perfect spaceship. So that's one thing. Another thing can be, um, making games for yourself around things that you find challenging. So a game that I kind of perpetually have is i call it the game the game of living dangerously even though i'm not living dangerously but Mm -hmm. it's it feels like it but it's any time that i have uh something that scares me that's not gonna hurt me you know i'm not gonna die or injure myself it's just more like psychologically scary Mm -hmm. um i see that as an invitation to do it and so i'm an introvert and talking to people (laughs) usually you know, talking to strangers um is one of the things that still scares me a bit. Um, but something like that, where I had, I had sort of a, someone gave me a challenge knowing that I played this game um, where I had to go to the kind of local coffee strip and where all the shops are and talk to five strangers mm. have five meaningful, you know, I can't go buy a cup of coffee and talk to the barista. I have to have like five cool. cold conversations. And, um, and then you know, deal with the awkwardity of it. But I was able to do it because I said, okay, this is a game. And no matter what happens to those people, if they think I'm a total weirdo, if it's totally awkward, you know, whatever happens, it doesn't matter because I'm going to win my game. And what happened was everybody except one person was down to talk to me. Actually, he was down to talk to me, but his girlfriend was there and I didn't realize she thought I was hitting on it. So not <laughs> too happy about that. But everybody else was like really happy to talk to me. And really just looking for that connection. And the last conversation I had was one I never would have done normally. But there was this guy who was wearing this leotard, like onesie, mm-hmm. um body suit, hot pink, covered in like you know, glitter. And he was dancing around. And he was like a street, a street artist mm-hmm. doing performance art. And I waited for him to finish his dance. And I had this amazing, beautiful conversation with him. And he turned out to be this viral video star called the disco bunny who travels around the world, bringing joy to people. And um, I had a podcast at the time and he ended up being my first guest and we're still friends, but that never would have happened if I hadn't played that (laughs) game. He was the last person I talked to. So I won because I talked to five people and I had this amazing conversation. So it was like an extra bonus. So, so that, and then um, the last thing I would say is things like rock climbing and bouldering, um, which bouldering is rock climbing without ropes. Um, there's a big mat at the bottom that you can fall onto so that you don't hurt yourself too much. I <laughs> <laughs> still have to be careful, but um, there's a lot of research around, around that as it really, it's actually finding the research is finding that um, rock climbing bouldering is actually better than anti-anxiety and depression medication um, because it's not only, um, you know, you don't have the benefits of, of exercise, but because you have to be so present in your body because otherwise you're going to fall, it stops with rumination. It stops with a lot of things that cause or or link to um, anxiety, for example. Um, And that's something that like, it's really popular because there's in the Olympics, Tokyo Olympics. So there's lots of indoor gyms you can go to and, and do that. And it's basically like, Puzzles or video games for your body because there's people whose job it is at these gyms to constantly make new problems, new puzzles for your body. So every week there's something new to try, Hmm. and there's so many different levels. So you know if you're just totally out of shape, which is how I was when I started, it's just like climbing a ladder. And then they have different levels, like a real game, where you can you can climb and get better and better and better. Even that is just like seeing that sense of accomplishment of improvement is huge. So that's those are my those are the things that I do and um, recommend to other people. Hmm. Awesome.
1: That's awesome. And Serena, I guess I do play because I talk to strangers all the time. That's part of my thing, (laughs) right? I do. Mom, see, it really has a purpose. I'm just telling you. I do love to connect with people like that. Yes. Anybody. I talk to I ask Serena, I talk to everyone. It's true. It's, true. it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> so so Kate, I can imagine that our listeners um, may want to connect with you and learn more about the power of play. So tell them where where you can where where can you be found, Kate? So you can go to my website, which is
2: KateRainsgoldie.com, and um you can sign up to my mailing list because I'm launching a number of interesting, juicy things. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I've run a, a, a series of events here in Perth, Western Australia, where people can come and actually play, Lego with each other. Um, but I've been getting increasing demand for that. So that may go on tour. And I've also just launched, um, training to learn my method because I've also had people wanting to learn my method worldwide. So if you're interested in that, um, it's currently, um, going to be in Perth in Western Australia, but I, I will be offering it online and probably doing some travel as well. So if you get on my mailing list, um, you can be notified of when all those, those things happen.
0: Hmm. Nice. You'll have to tell us when you come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Kate, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us today um, and bringing this, you know, different kind of self-care to the table. My pleasure. It was really fun. All right. Yeah. Thanks. And so podcast friends, we are, as always, grateful for all of you for taking the time to listen and support us. We know you have a lot of choices out there and we appreciate your time. You can help us out by visiting Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review while you're there. Subscribe and please share our podcast with others. You'll also find more content on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. You'll find us on the socials and we have a voicemail number. You can leave us a voice message, share a bit of your story. Tell us what you think of the podcast or just
1: call call to say hi. And this is your gentle reminder to take good care of yourself while you are also taking care of your people. Thanks for listening. Bye.